Section 20 of Anthropology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anthropology, Book 1, by Immanuel Kant. Translated by Adolf Ernst Kroger. Section 20 concerning the weaknesses and diseases of the soul in regard to its faculty of cognition a general division sections thirty eight to forty two of the book are missing forty three the defects of the faculty of cognition are either weaknesses or diseases of the mind the diseases of the soul in their relation to the faculty of cognition may be subdivided under two chief divisions the one is called the mood disease hypochondria the other is called the perturbed mind mania in regard to the former the patient is well aware that the current of his thoughts is not all right his reason not having sufficient self-control to direct check or hurry on the direction of that current untimely joy and untimely sorrows hence moods change as does the weather which we have to take even as it comes so far as the second is concerned it is a voluntary flow of thought which has its own subjective rule but runs contrary to the objective current of thought which harmonizes with the laws of experience in regard to the sensuous representation a disorder of the mind is called either idiocy or insanity as an upsetting or topsy-turvying of the power of judgment and of reason it is called craziness or derangement a man who in his imagination habitually neglects to compare them with the laws of experience for instance who dreams while awake is a fantastic person a man of whims if he does so with pathos affect he is an enthusiast unexpected promptings of a fantastic person are called moods of fantasticality raptus simpletons stupids numbskulls blockheads and fools are distinguished from deranged people not only in regard to degree but also in regard to the different qualities of their moods and the former are not yet qualified for the insane asylum which is a place where men must be kept in order by another's reason in spite of the maturity and strength of their own age in view of their inability to attend to themselves to the smallest affairs of life insanity when allied to pathos is madness which may often be original but at the same time may come involuntarily in which case it comes near to genius let one instance the poetic inspiration furor poeticus but such an influx of the more gentle but unruly current of ideas when it touches reason is called flightiness schwarmiri to brood over one and the same idea which yet has no possible object for instance over the death of a husband who cannot be called back to life 
simply in order to find rest in the pain itself is dumb craziness superstition is rather allied to insanity wahnsinn and flightiness rather to craziness wahnwitz the latter sort of mental disease is also often called in a milder phrase exaltation or eccentricity to talk wildly when in a fever or an attack of aberration say in a state of epilepsy which is often excited sympathetically by a powerful imagination through the mere fixed gaze of a madman for which reason persons of very excitable nerves should not extend their curiosity to the very cells of such unfortunates is nevertheless not to be treated as insanity but that which is called a conceit is not a disease of the mind for that is generally understood to be a moody aberration of the inner sense but is usually a haughtiness which borders on insanity and its claim that others should in comparison with such a person despise themselves runs entirely contrary to its own purpose just as in the case of madmen for by raising such a claim he excites those same people to curtail his vanity in all possible respects to ridicule him and expose him to laughter on account of his offensive foolishness more mild is the expression he is crotchety german he has a cricket in his head has a marot a principle which is claimed to be popular though it nowhere finds approval among the wise as for instance let me cite the case when a man claims the gift of certain presentiments similar to the inspirations of socrates or of certain influences said to be based on experience though they are utterly inexplicable such as sympathy antipathy idiosyncrasy etc qualitatis occulte which chirp like a cricket in the brain and which nevertheless no one else can hear the mildest of all manners of overstepping the limits of sound reason is the riding of a hobby-horse a disposition to employ oneself purposely with pet objects of the imagination which the understanding merely plays with for its occupation as with a real business and thus as it were a busied idleness for old people of competence and who have retired from business this disposition which retreats again as it were into careless childhood is not only healthy as an agitation which always keeps the vital forces astir but also amiable at the same time it is ridiculous to such a degree that the ridiculed himself must good-humouredly join in the laugh against him but even with the young and busy people this hobby riding serves as a recreation and those wiseacres who criticize such petty innocent follies with pedantic seriousness deserve stern's admonition Quote, why let every one ride his hobby horse up and down the streets of the city provided he does not force you to mount behind him End quote. b concerning the weakness of the faculty of cognition he who lacks wit is called dull obtusum caput 
nevertheless he may have a very good mind for matters that concern only the understanding and reason but let no one ask him to attempt the poet as in the case of clavius for instance whom his tutor was about to apprentice to a blacksmith because he could make no verses but who when he got a mathematical book in his hands became a great mathematician a mind of slow comprehension is not necessarily a weak mind even as a mind of quick comprehension is not always thorough and often very shallow a lack of judgment without wit is called stupidity stupidatus with wit it is called silliness he who shows judgment in business affairs is called clever if he combines wit with judgment he is called smart he who merely affects either of these qualities that is the pretentious wit as well as the would-be smart man is disgusting failures and missteps sharpen the wit but he who has reached such a height in this school that he can make others smart through their failures has dulled his own wit ignorance is not stupidity as in the case of the lady who to the question of an accommodation do horses eat also at night replied how can so learned a man be so stupid but it is a proof of good understanding if a person knows only how to question well so that he may be properly advised on the subject either by nature or by some other person a person is called a simpleton when his mind is unable to comprehend much but this does not constitute him stupid unless he comprehends it wrongly honest but stupid as some people improperly describe pomeranian servants for instance is a false and very censurable expression it is false because honesty fulfilling duty on principle is practical reason it is very censurable because it presupposes that everyone who feels himself able thereto would cheat and that his not cheating arises only from his inability hence the proverbs that man has not invented powder he will not betray his country he is no wizard etc betray misanthropic principles namely in this that even when we presuppose the good will of the persons whom we know we cannot be sure of it but can be sure only in regard to their inability or incapacity thus as hume says the grand sultan does not confide his harem to the virtue of those whom he appoints its guardians but to their inability by appointing black eunuchs to be very limited narrow-minded in regard to the extensiveness of one's conceptions does not of itself constitute stupidity it all depends on their quality on the governing principles when people allow themselves to be gulled by treasure finders gold makers and lottery dealers this must not be ascribed to their stupidity but to their evil will that is their purpose to become rich at the expense of others without a proportioned exertion of their own craftiness cunning slyness virtusia astutia is the ability to cheat others 
the question now is whether the cheat must be smarter than he who is easily cheated and whether the latter is stupid the warm-hearted person who readily trusts that is believes gives credit etc is often also though improperly called a fool because he is an easy catch for rascals in accordance with the proverb when fools go to market the salesmen rejoice it is true in a maxim of prudence that i should never again trust the man who has cheated me once for he is corrupt in his principles but not to trust other people because one man has cheated me is misanthropy the real fool is the cheat but how if one great fraud has enabled him to place himself in such a position that he no longer needs the confidence of others it is true that in such a case the character in which he appears undergoes a change but only to this extent that whereas the cheated cheater is ridiculed men spit upon the lucky cheat and thus there is after all no advantage to be gained by cheating author's footnote the palestines who live among us have fallen into the not unfounded reputation of being for the greater part addicted to cheating ever since their exile owing to their usurious tendency now it is true that it seems strange to conceive of a nation of cheats but it surely is quite as strange to conceive of a nation composed altogether of merchants the greater part of whom united by an old superstition recognized by the state wherein they live aspire to no civil honours but try to replace the loss of it by the advantages to be obtained in overreaching the people who extend to them protection and even in overreaching each other now it is true that this cannot be otherwise with a whole nation of merchants they thus be non-productive members of society like the jews in poland and hence their constitution sanctioned by old traditions and even recognized by us among whom they live and who have certain holy writings with them in common cannot be abrogated by us without our becoming guilty of inconsequence although they make it the highest principle of their morality in dealing with us that quote, every purchaser ought to keep his eyes wide open end quote, instead of entering upon idle plans to make the people moral in regard to the points of cheating and honesty i prefer to express my notion concerning the origin of this curious constitution namely a people composed solely of merchants wealth was carried in the most ancient times by commerce from india across the land to the western coasts of the mediterranean and the ports of phoenicia which includes palestine now it is true that it could also have taken its way across many other places for instance palmyra and in older times tyre sidon etc and likewise with a slight turn across the sea as Ezeongeber and elat perhaps also from the arabic coast of thebes and thus across egypt to that same syrian coast 
but palestine of which jerusalem was the capital was also advantageously situated for the caravan trade probably the phenomenon of the ancient solomonic wealth was the effect of this commerce and the surrounding country of palestine even at the time of the romans was filled with merchants who after the destruction of jerusalem having previously established communications with other tradesmen of the same language and religion gradually spread together with these into far removed countries into europe always keeping in communication with each other and finding protection from those other countries on account of the advantages derived from their trade it thus appears that their dispersion over the whole world together with their union in religion and language cannot at all be placed to the account of a curse pronounced upon this people but must rather be considered a blessing especially as their wealth estimated by individual possession probably now exceeds that of any other people of the same number of persons end of note by emmanuel kant the author end of section twenty